Hey everyone, and welcome to another Plotty Time Minisode. Uh, this week we're going to do a little bit brief recap uh, about the episode we just came out last Thursday with called Vagrant Story. Uh, very big, very very good pick from Dr. Scientist. He's a big fan of it. Goes way back. Then uh, we're going to get into our segment again. We're going to talk about another game. Well, technically two games that I platinumed just for you guys, man. So, I mean, I got the platinum sure. I did all the work also. But I'm going to tell you about another game I went in the pursuit of the numb. So, first, Vagrant Story. I thought about it a little bit more since we recorded and did the episode. And I did really like it. I think it was very JRPG in the way that it told the story and presented the story. Not that that's bad or anything like that, but it's very much... It's a product of its time, but it's a good product of its time, if that makes sense. Because there's a lot of good things and a lot of good overlap that reminded me of uh, Parasite Eve. A lot of it being the combat system mostly. Resident Eve, or Resident Eve, Jesus. Parasite Eve also had a little bit of a mechanic for upgrading and stuff. Like with weapons, you can get weapons parts and you could use those to combine and make your, make your weapons better and more powerful and stuff. And that was pretty good, but... Vagrant story, from what I've read, there's a much more detailed, in-depth mechanic of crafting and making things, which people found to be a little clunky and a little annoying, but I guess it's doable, because the game is very fondly remembered. I did have an issue with the women in the story, not the fact that there are women in it, because that'd be, I'm not some asshole, but the fact that they were very one-dimensional, Samantha kind of just acted as the conscience to Guildenstern and kind of like it she didn't have a very big part in it as far as I'm concerned and then Callow was set up to be like an equal to Ashley Wright and then she ends up being the captive woman for half of it I don't know it just that part rubbed me the wrong way a little bit it just wasn't a great depiction of the two women but you know Callow ends up surviving and she moves on which is great Samantha unfortunately gets sacrificed which I did not see coming, I will say that. I did not see Guildenstern in his quest for bloodthirst and power, you know, actually go there and, and murder her. I didn't see that coming. But it was good. The story was good. It kept me interested. The fact that you could summon demons and that there were zombies and that there was this amorphous sort of darkness all around you, I thought that was really cool because you could have a whole bunch of different kinds of enemies and it would justify any of it because it's basically magic. Magic exists here and you can use it to summon stone dragons or minotaurs, which was a word I couldn't think. I mentioned it in the podcast. Yeah, listen to it. Go listen to the other podcast about Vegas Story. It's great stuff. And overall, yeah, good story. Good protagonist, although he's kind of a little bit of a dick. But he was confident. I don't know. Whatever. I'll give it to him. The fashion choices in this game, though, were very strange. Uh, the men, like, Sid just has no shirt, which I guess was showing off the back tattoo, which I guess could say was magic-related reasons he didn't have a shirt on. But whatever. And then Ashley Ride, obviously, with the asses chaps the entire time. Also an interesting choice. Uh, maybe it was made to give, uh, you know, a little bit of male eye candy, you know, because the women were pretty conservatively dressed. They had skin-tight stuff on, but it was all covered. There wasn't exposed skin there. So, I don't know. Maybe it was one Maybe it was one for the ladies. I mean, the game was one for the ladies. Or, got, yeah, whatever you prefer. Showing off a little dude skin. So, overall, like I said, good story. 
I gave it a 13, which I think is fair. Maybe I would have been better if it was a little less confusing, but that might have been if I cleared the game or if I actually played the game and I knew what was going on. So then what I'm going to do with the back half of this episode, since that was Vagrant Story, I want to talk a little bit about the next game in my quest for numbs. I still haven't named this segment yet. But uh, basically the idea is I went and looked at some of the easiest games to platinum, which also usually coincide with the worst games. So I wanted to play them, revisit my trophy hunting days a little bit, get some easy platinums, maybe, you know, close the gap a little bit between me and Scientist, because Scientist is way ahead of me in trophies. Uh, Not that that fucking matters anymore, but I figured it'd be fun to play these games that were maybe not finished, maybe they're a little bit more artistic, maybe they were very indie, maybe they were very weird, maybe they were very terrible, and then I talk about it. So this week, I'm talking about the game Nubla and World of Nubla. Nubla? I don't know if it's Nubla or Nubla. I'm going to say Nubla. But it is a game, it's not a walking simulator, it's almost like a platformer slash puzzler deal. So you get to pick your main character, you either pick the girl or the boy, I forget what their names are. But you then transverse through this world. And in this world, it's kind of like a curated museum exhibit. And in this exhibit, you can go up to different paintings and you can go into the paintings. And the painting you decide to go into the beginning shows you which character you're going to play in the world of the painting. So you're going kind of behind the scenes and doing that. It's an interesting concept. Once you're in the world of the painting... You then are this character, the the one I played at mostly was the boy with the green hair, so that you could hit square, and his his like special power in the painting world is that he can teleport. So if there's a obstruction or a wall between you and another platform or whatever, you could just hit square and you're just teleport over there. Uh, it, it made the game platinum very quick and easy, so that was pretty great. Now, the game's... I'll get back into the gameplay in a, in a little bit more detail in a sec, but these are two games that are exactly the same. They're two separate games for separate amounts of money with separate trophy lists. Now, the trophy lists are the same, but their descriptions are different. But the point is, you can watch the guide for Nubla, which is 25 minutes long, by the way. And then you can also apply that to the world of Nubla. So you can get two Platinums in under an hour if you just follow the guide and do exactly what it says. Does it take anything away from the game? Absolutely, because you're doing it the shortest, quickest way possible while getting all of the trophies. For most part, the trophies are just for beating the game and completing all the painted painting worlds, the painting segments, and picking up what are called dream objects. Because I think the worlds of the paintings are supposed to be like a dream type world. This game is very much artistic. It's not so much linear. It's not so much a story. You're just you get the impression that you're helping out the people within the paintings. So as you go in and out of this painting world, you solve puzzles, you platform with my green hair teleporting dude, you jump in certain areas or you see things shaking or you interact with other paintings in the world and they'll give you what are called dream items. And one of them's like a cloud. One of them is like a book. There's a whole bunch of them. And each one you get for those, you get a trophy. So the guide shows you exactly where all these are. It shows you the quickest way to get through it. It only has you do the puzzles you need to do to beat the game. There's more to the world and more places you can probably actually go into and look at the paintings, but I didn't get that far. 
my favorite there this is, the puzzles too in the game are very easy there was one that was kind of like the game do you remember simon of course who am i talking to but the game simon where there was the four lights like red green blue yellow and like the first part would be the red light goes on so then you hit that then the next sequence red yellow so you hit red yellow then red yellow red red yellow and you keep going and going until it keeps adding one on until you screw up but there was a puzzle like that there was a puzzle that did like a jump sequence where you had four pictures and an empty spot in there and you had to like move them around and shuffle them so they match the bottom uh, a couple of them were just like pictures that they'd show you a picture and then scramble it all around and you had to move the blocks uh puzzles you know it's nothing new we haven't seen in a video game somewhere else before so it's pretty the puzzles are pretty easy this game's very easy with no guide with no guide it probably would have been difficult because i wouldn't know where all the dream objects were so i'd just be running around spending hours trying to find them but with the guide like i said 24 minutes 25 minutes max one of my uh, favorite puzzles and sections in the game is where you get into one of the, the worlds and then you go all the way to the end and you get a candle. Like, a, you know, the old timey. It's got a hook on it that you put your finger in and you walk around with the candle on it to, to give you some light wherever you are. But that whole deal. So you find that and then you go to a painting and you put it in the painting where you think it would match up. And this painting was like a bunch of dogs around a table. I believe they were dogs. And then because you solved that, it dropped another piece. So you had to go in the painting in the room there. There was like seven or eight paintings and find which one that dealt with. And you go on and on and on until the end where you get the key and then you're able to leave the room. I just thought it was cool because you, it was simple. It wasn't anything crazy or in detail or nuts, but it was neat. It was neat to see the, the paintings and move this platform around to jump on. All that stuff. So there's a couple other painting worlds you go into. One's a dark one. You have to solve like a lock puzzle where you collect within this room the different portions of the lock. And then you have to unlock it in a certain sequence. The There was no spoken dialogue in the game. There was no voice acting. There wasn't much dialogue at all, really. It was all just in text. And it was usually like, hey, help us with this scenario. Blah, 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 blah. So you'd help out the locals. Sort with them, work it all out. So, the uh, the game overall, I mean, I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, it wasn't anything really complicated. It was definitely not something I'd spend like 60 bucks on, but it was more of a artistic type game. The soundtrack was really great and really put me in a mood for it. It, it's the best soundtrack or feel I got since probably like Thomas was alone, where you have these very complex and compelling relationships with blocks, and they make you really care about the blocks in Thomas was alone. That was such a great game. But with this, you had your little, the guy or girl you walked around the world with, and you interacted with the paintings and the characters, and it was, it was neat. It was a neat dreamlike world. And uh, at the end, I guess, spoilers? Uh, this game came out in like 2016, so I don't want to hear it. And uh, at the end, you basically help an elephant, a dream world elephant, ascend to the heavens, and you get the final piece of all of the puzzles, which is the brush. And then you go to the first picture, use the brush, and then it drops 
a bunch of paint and a little paper boat. You hop in the boat and the credits are you riding on the seas with this boat. It's very conceptual. It's very artistic. There are puzzles in it, but they're super easy. Overall, you know what? All the th- all, I've played a lot of really, really bad games in order just to get Platinums. And this was nowhere near the bottom of the barrel. I mean, oh, Max Hazard was not a great game. We did that on the podcast. That was one I platinumed. That was not a fun one. Uh, this one, I remember this is kind of, it reminds me a lot of the PlayStation 3 game. I don't know if you guys remember it, but there was one called Linger in Shadows, which is very conceptual, very artistic, very soundtrack heavy and fucking weird and you had to move the sticks or the controller in the correct way to solve what was a puzzle but you didn't know it was a puzzle it was very much outside the box but that was lingering shadows this was more structured it was more straightforward of where to go and how to solve the puzzles and stuff like that and you'd always get help from these like glow in the dark they were like eels i don't know how else to explain them they were like worms or eels but they were like uh bioluminescent and they could turn into a circle and just, like, roll away. They were pretty cool. Characters were pretty cool in Nubla. Would I recommend it? That is an interesting question. Because I don't think it's... Just the amount of time you're going to put into it, I don't think it's worth it. Because I think I spent, like, 30 bucks for both of them. Or maybe 20 bucks for both of them. And I was done with both of them within an hour. So, you know, if you really want that easy platinum to go out there and get... In under an hour, you can get two of them. If you want to fork up the money and watch the video and follow it along. Sure, go ahead. Is it worth it to just an everyday person? I don't know. I mean, I'd wait for a sale that was like under five bucks, but I think it was neat. I And I think that uh, these are the type of games that come out where they're interesting, conceptual. Like, I'd like to, I'd like to put more money into that. You know, I'd like to see more of that kind of thing. Or I'd love to see what a AAA version of this game would be. Would it be more like tearaway unfolded you know might be something weird and run about and crazy like gravity rush i mean i don't know i don't know but uh it was there was some really cool thoughts and stuff behind it and unlike orc slayer i mean i've had some time to think about orc slayer and that was just like i hate it more like it's not even a part of my life i got the platinum it's done i'll never have to think about it again and i still hate it so that tells you I was very clear, I felt, in the in the Orc Slayer portion. But Nubla, I mean, I'm glad I played Nubla. It was different, weird, pretty. Glad I did it. So, next segment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep doing this Minnesota thing. We're going to keep going forward with games that are maybe not fun to Platinum. And the next one's going to be a real big stinker. Real big stinker. You're not going to like this one. <laughs> well, I'm not going to like it. I'll hate it, and I'll bitch about it. And maybe you'll get some entertainment about me bitching about it. Uh, the next game, I'll give you a little hint. It's a point-and-click game. That's not super helpful, but it was a spooky movie tie-in. Ooh. Well, if you, you know, think you know what it is, go ahead and write us an email. Send that to plottytime at gmail.com. Maybe try to guess it. Maybe try to figure it out. Maybe uh, maybe you have some ideas for some games that were really bad but an easy platinum and you want to see me suffer. And you could send those to the email as well, plytimeatgmail.com. If you want to get to us quicker on the socials, get really in there real fast, 
you know, you can do that as well at Plotty Time on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to watch our logo while you hear the podcast behind you, go ahead and head on over to YouTube, like, and subscribe. Subscribing really helps us out, so we'd really appreciate it if you hopped over there and just subscribed. Uh, if you want to listen to the videos, watch them again. That's great, too, but no pressure. You know, you do you. We don't want to tell you what to do. So that does it for me for this week for the Minnesota, where I talked about Nubla. Like I said, go play it if you like it or don't. Wear a mask. Be safe out there. Talk to you all next time.